Hi, welcome to another episode of Ask the Goddamn DM. I'm Patrick, the Goddamn DM Tracy, and joining me as always, from the hit musical, Press the Digitation, Tony Paisano. Oh, how did you know I did Broadway on the weekends? Uh, yeah, it was, it, was, it was the jazz hands. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what was the, what was the hit single from that uh that show? Oh, uh, a lucery terrain, lucery terrain of your heart. Yeah, <laughs> lucery terrain of my heart. I can see that was one of your favorites. Yes, it, it, it spoke to me. Right. <laughs> it's like it's about moving mountains that were never there. <laughs> uh, this episode is not about musicals. Oh, it but it is that. about creating unique campaigns and uh, one shots. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. I get asked questions, and I don't have one specifically. Otherwise, I would have pulled a name with it, where it's like, how do I make my campaign different than everyone else's? Because let's, you know, the basic story of every campaign, like we're guilty of it too with Almost Heroic. I'm a good guy. You're the bad guys. So I'm going to go journey, and I'm going to eventually stab you in the head, and the good guys will win. Ha ha. Yay. You know, end credits. Everyone gets a medal but Chewy. Right. <laughs> You know, sometimes that typical like, oh, we're heroes on a journey doesn't work for everyone. And you need to make you need to make a different campaign that is using the same rules, but it's off the beaten path. Um, one of the ways of doing that is to change the scenery. And the other way to do that is to change the story. So we'll go with scenery first, and then we'll get into story later. So okay. scenery is a super easy one. Uh, it's uh, my brother ran one of my favorite campaigns, which he called Fantasy Jazz, which was pretty much like, hey, here we are in like a diesel punk setting using D&D 5e. Was there a musical involved? Uh, yes. Yes. <laughs> it was called Falafel. <laughs> okay. And it was fla- not bad. <laughs> <laughs> that was full awful. Yes, that was full awful. <laughs> No, just in just changing the setting, he did this kind of diesel punk setting where we were basically like all on a kind of police force and we were all held together by the common thread of like we're only on this task force. It was kind of like vice or like, you know, being a narc is like we all have like a dirty tie in. That it's like, hey, you do your time and that gets wiped clean. You know, it's the suicide squad thing. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. And so that is. You know, that's still the same story of like, I'm a good guy, you're a bad guy, at least in my eyes. Right. Yeah. You know, and I'm going to go and stab you in the head. Right. <laughs> right. But it's relative. But yeah. this time we got to use guns. Right. Nice. <laughs> or in my case, a uh, electrified baton. Nice. Which is just because I was a warlock and I was casting shocking grass blot. And eventually I would open up my baton and shoot an eldritch blast. <laughs> like it was getting to think in that uh, kind of like, Rocketeer sci-fi way yeah, totally changed the game for me. And it's actually one of the reasons why I love that setting that I created so much is because it made me kind of take my expectation and twist it. And now everything, even though I was still, you know, a warlock, everything was a new twist because it's like, Ooh, this is so unique and different because I had to twist my, I'm sorry. I have to change the way I'm thinking about it. And that made it a refreshing experience, even though we were playing the same story, basically. Yeah. And I want to make sure that we're clear here. When we say change the scenery, we're not talking about like changing it. The timeline is like, Oh, you can make it sci-fi or you can make it like in the distant past. Like timeline obviously has a factor involved when you're talking about scenery, but you can also just change the stage, the setting in the same world that Dungeons and Dragons has built. Yeah. Uh, one of the key examples of that, that I always think back to is with the critical hit podcast done by major spoilers, there was a Feywild campaign 
that they did. And they played as the five main heroes going through their journey, kicking butt, taking names. And then they got to like a natural kind of like segue point. And they did it uh, from the perspective of like five, you know, fey based mythical creatures saving their home. And so, it, you know, again, same story, but it's from a different perspective. It's like playing a mouse guard where it's like, yeah, like we're all heroes and stuff like that, but we're also mice and some of our biggest opponents are like cats. You could also do something where like maybe the team doesn't necessarily get along in the sense where you were talking about like mystical beings or something like that. That immediately made me think of like Genasi. So let's say you had like a Genasi from a different element. You mean it's like fire and ice? Right. And earth and air, and you get all the elements involved. And September, and yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the fifth and often forgotten, right? <laughs> and <Genasi>. heart. Because <laughs> do you remember? <laughs> <laughs> you could do a Captain Planet campaign. So yeah, there's there's different ways of thinking about like changing the setting, the scenery. It doesn't even necessarily have to be a part of the like dungeon manual or something. You can create your own world and homebrew stuff and that world could have its own, like think of like any time a show does like dimension hopping or something like that. The dimensions always have some one unique little thing that sets them apart. I think that's a good way to start thinking about how to make unique campaigns as you set it in a universe that has this one thing that is like this universal law that it doesn't make sense in like anything else that you've played. But here it's literally the only thing that matters. Yeah, and everything else revolves around that. One of my favorite fantasy authors, Brandon Sanderson, the way he world builds is based off of their, his magic systems, and his magic systems work completely different in each universe and each plane that he creates, and they're always based around specific things. Like, for instance, the Mistborn is all about metal, and different metals give you different powers. And then there's another, uh, the Storm, um, the Stormlight Archive is all about winds and storm and harnessing the power of like the natural world and the planets and all the political structures and all that stuff is based around that one concept. Where is the source of power, and how does that create the world around it? Absolutely, no, and that that's a perfect example of doing the settings. And I feel like we're really nailing that. And I feel like we can mention like a whole bunch of other references. Oh, there's examples all over the place. Yeah, because if you boil everything down, like everything follows the hero's journey. And if you want to know about that, check out any movie podcast right. at all, where it basically talks about like, you know, the hero has to be awesome and then go through strife and then become more awesome because he learned something and then defeats himself and then defeats his enemy. You know, it's, it's a trope because it works and you know the same reason why you play D&D is the same reason why you go out and watch like an Avengers movie or you go read your favorite fantasy novels like they all kind of follow that nice little warm fuzzy feeling yeah so start basing your campaigns off of indie films like Little Miss Sunshine yeah there you go so yeah cult classic campaigns patent pending absolutely the whole campaign just involves you going into a van and it's like we're gonna road trip and learn about ourselves <laughs> And also realize why, hey, this is important. Holy crap, that was season two for Almost Heroic. That was season two. This, oh, my this God. Corporate, you, you caught on. Oh, my God. Season two was Little Miss Sunshine the whole you time. Were Little Miss Sunshine the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, Wasn't there a character that didn't Little Miss Sunshine? Oh, no, no. It was the uh, it was her brother that took a vow of silence. That was definitely not Murmur. No. No. Absolutely not. <laughs> so, going in with that indie feel... The other part of this, like we mentioned before, is changing the story. You know, for the same reason why you go out and watch that Avengers movie mm-hmm. that we mentioned before. I've got Endgame on the brain. Can you tell? Yeah, you, I just assume you just recently watched it. Oh, I did. It's so good. <laughs> 
So the same reason why we go out and watch, you know, the Avengers movies is also kind of the same reason why other movies like Donnie Darko or Fight Club or something that doesn't follow your typical kind of structure, uh, Memento, those movies appeal to us because it takes that, you know, hero's journey in that typical story arc and goes, eh, screw that. Let's do something new. <laughs> yeah, and that's why Fight Club and Memento are on my top three films of all time. Usual Suspects rounds out the third. You can always change the way that the story works or that the campaign works. Um, when I do it for the kids that I uh, sponsor for in the high school, uh, we do uh, a campaign that's pretty much like Brooklyn Nine-Nine. <laughs> in the sense of like, it's all about cops and having to deal with, like, this large Ravnica-esque city. Okay. But the, since the players, you know, since the kids always have something else to do or, like, they might not be here because they have a club counteracting, someone might be sick, the players drop in and drop out, every session that we go to is a new and unique session. So it's like watching an episode of Cops where it's like you go in and, you know, in one episode, you know, you're chasing uh, the world's largest gnome. Okay, <laughs> and in uh, our most recent one, and this will spoil it for anyone that finds out who I am, is like we did an episode where we were in the bullpen and someone was trying to break in to the police precinct, and so that you know it gives everyone like a little different flavor when they come in. And then we didn't, we gave the DM or sorry, the players that wanted to be DMs an incentive to be a DM and like, hey, like try out an episode. And so that made it unique because it was this campaign that was kind of living, breathing thing. Cause everyone got to do a different perspective. We had a kid that was like really, really in on the humor and he was very funny, but he didn't do a lot of voices. We had a kid that uh, was a very like physical DM, not in the sense of like, I'm going to hit you, but like he was uh, jumping around the room and like really getting into these characters, personalities and the action of it is like, so you come down the door and like he Dane cooks the wall, the air, just like, <laughs> and you could tell like how excited i am by the campaign because i just you know i was you just heard me ramble about it where it's like this it was very fun to see these different styles yeah also i can see the i can i can hear the pride in your voice they're gonna the next generation of tabletop gamers are gonna do just fine <laughs> you're training them well but that's changing the story because instead of thinking about the big long arc and the bbeg the big bad evil guy we did it episodic where it's like every no matter what happens at the end of the session like if your character dies it dies roll a new one he's a new he's a new cadet yeah there you go but it you know every new session is a new experience with a new story and a new element to it it's very similar to uh even though the characters keep on uh crossing over it's very vcpd like where it's like an episodical that, like, that's where we got the inspiration from it is i was pitching that to robert who uh, we agreed that that would be a great thing to do for a first time dm and he's been taking to it really well and he's even throwing like a little overarching story arc in there so it's like they can stay independent but they all make sense in a big web uh when i pitched that to him i also turned around and pitched it to our club sponsor and said hey like this is what we this is an idea because we keep having absences yeah that's a great point because sometimes you're forced to create a unique campaign because of things like scheduling and like you know life gets in the way which we've mentioned before in the past and you know you can modify the campaign into something unique in order to kind of adapt to those situations uh, you can change the way that the story works in the sense of like what are the characters motives because a, a lot of campaigns and at home you can admit this too sometimes it revolves around to like i'm gonna run over here and stab the bad guy in the head but what if you did more like a like a lost in space kind of motif of like, we're trying to get back home. There's not one big bad enemy. The main obstacle in our way is 
where are we? Yes, man versus nature rather than man versus man. Exactly, or man versus beast, or any of those other. Man, we, we should make a film podcast. We really should. Yeah. A writing podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Screw D and D, man. We're going to be filmmakers. <laughs> yeah, right. we're going to make the Matrix Volume Four. Oh God, no! Three was too many. Two was too many. They should have just stuck with the first one. Anyways, this isn't a film podcast. Yeah. Back to D and D. Yeah, but when it comes to we're on a journey home and not have it, you know, you can always have like the the reoccurring villain through it. Like, aha, like where it's always this alien race, like uh doctor who, where it's like, Oh no, it's the Daleks again. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, the Borg. Yeah. Look, it's the Chitari. Stupid, stupid Cybermen. Right. Yeah. It's always something like that where it comes up and causes a conflict, but that's not the purpose of it. The purpose of it is the journey. Right. It's not, it's not the destination. It's the journey. Uh, you can have it like the greater destination is always a good one. Or you could do final destination. If you really want to make a unique campaign where it's not a visible antagonist, but there's this like unseen force that's trying to, uh, kind of manipulate or attack the party. Um, so it's not some, it's not a palpable enemy that you can again, stab in the head, but it's, it becomes like a survival horror game. A lot more challenge on like the role playing aspect of it. like, you know, it's um, a mystery or like a Call of Cthulhu type feel where right. it's the like, ooh, like, how am I going to prepare for this? Like, what do we do, guys? Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot more uh, skill challenges as opposed to combat. Yeah. So, um, yeah, there's just a different a bunch of different ways you can go about it. Yeah. We just pitched three right off the top of our head. Yeah. Yeah. No practice at all. <laughs> no. All right. I got tired. Let someone else take the mid roll this week. Okay. Fair. I don't, don't want to do it. <laughs> okay. Fair. I don't want to do it. <laughs> okay. Okay. Heard Tony, you. I heard do the button. I got it. I got it. <sighs> Hello, everyone. I am the Friendly Dungeon Master, and I help manage the Forever DM No More Twitch channel at twitch.tv slash fdmnomore. Our channel mainly runs 5th edition Dungeons & Dragons games live-streamed on Twitch for people to enjoy. We have a variety of projects for people to watch and listen to, including Fortune's Tide, our weekly Sunday game, our Tuesday games that rotate between a homebrew setting and the published adventure Waterdeep Dragon Heist, and a few more endeavors in the pipeline that will be coming to you shortly. Our public Discord server offers a safe, inclusive space for everyone to join in the conversations about the games we run, D&D in general, or any other tabletop role-playing game you fancy. You can stay up to date with all of our projects and showtimes by following us on Twitter, at FDM No More, and you can catch past episodes of our shows via our YouTube channel, Forever DM No More. We'd love to have you as part of our community, so until then, always remember to keep it friendly. And we're back. Thank you so much for that plug on our show, Friendly DM. Uh, if you have listened to his, he switched over and we did one on theirs. Uh, we're always looking for crossover opportunities as this is a fledgling podcast. Unlike Almost Heroic, who's got 80 episodes in, we're allowed to experiment the form a little bit more than usual. Yeah, and cl- collaborations are always fantastic. We want friends. Yeah. <laughs> friends are fun. Bring, bring me friends. <laughs> so we have a question this week from one of our friends. Hey! <laughs> Yep, Spencer Durrett, also known as at HiMax28, asks us on Twitter. They kept their question simple, maybe more of a statement. They just put tips for running an evil campaign as a DM. Oh, yeah, that fits right into what we were talking about. Alternative and unique campaigns. Yep, and the answer to that is easy. Make rules. Make all the rules. (laughs) (laughs) 
you laugh, but just wait until you try to do an evil campaign because I will tell you, everyone thinks of the alignment chaotic evil as chaotic jerkwad. Yeah. Yeah. You, you, everyone wants to be the Joker or the I'm a weird guy that runs around and cuts off people's faces or I need to go out in the middle of the night and stab everyone. Also known as the Joker. Yeah. Uh, I want to be Jack the Ripper. Also I want to be the this. Joker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like when you go chaotic evil, everyone goes off the rails. It's like, how, you know, how can I be not necessarily like evil more so as like how can i be a maniac or a sociopath or a psychopath or right 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 so essentially what you're saying is you have to do like a suicide squad situation that's a good example is hey you're all evil characters forced to do a good thing or i'm gonna pull the most evil characters i can think of at the moment which is jesse and james from pokemon (laughs) the reason why jesse and james work as characters is not because they are nefarious and evil. They have their evil ways, you know, because they have their quote song, which I'm not sure how much of I, I can get away with without either Ryan Reynolds adding me or getting sued. Right. right. <laughs> but they are villains because of Giovanni. Giovanni's the lead of Team Rocket. He's the one who sends them on missions and pretty much is like the bigger bad to their big bads. All right. I see where you're going with this. So like the party is not the big bads, but they work for the big bad. Exactly. You. It's a great way to do an evil campaign is that they are not evil masterminds, but more so as evil henchmen. You know, they are the entities that have to go and get the lich's phylactery and all the horcruxes to kill harry potter you know they are the agents of evil that are you know sowing disruption in the city by oh we're going to like topple over the world's leading paladin guild and you know take care of all the like police in the area because you know we are like we're setting up the mafia town right Uh, organized crime Exactly. And that's the emphasis on the word is organized crime. (laughs) They can still be evil. Like once they take over the town, their whole plan could be like, we are going to sacrifice this town for our elder God and bring up Cthulhu. And that's their end game of like, hey, we ran around and stabbed the good guy in the head. Right. There you go. But you always have to have drive, right? I mean, I think that's where it gets lost in translation is a lot, is what you're talking about, the organized element of it, is whether you're evil or good, you're still going to want to have a goal. You're still going to want to have some type of linearity to it. Because even games, like if you look at games like Skyrim or uh, Fallout, or a lot of those open world games where, you know, you have your side quests and all that stuff, but there's always a main quest. There's always a singular drive for you to obtain because if there's no drive then everything just kind of falls apart this is a murder simulator at that point yeah at that point you're you're playing grand theft auto and you're not going through the campaign you're just going around in a tank blowing things up which is fun for about like 45 minutes right unless you have cheat codes and then it's like two or three hours that's a different element right Mm -hmm. right right yeah but you know it's it's okay to do an evil campaign like people that are like oh i shouldn't do an evil campaign because of x y and z you're fine to do it but just make sure you have those bumpers of lawful evil or neutral evil where it's like you want them to go in a certain direction and i'm not even saying railroading but keeping them on course because as a dm especially if you say like we're going to do an evil campaign your players will test your limits of comfortability because evil is different things to different people. And so you might have one guy that's like totally Machiavellian about it where it's like, oh yeah, I'm going to tie like the mayor to the railroad tracks (laughs) and like stroke his mustache. And that's like one brand of evil that everyone at the table might be like, cool, this is great. And another guy might be like, 
trying to pull things off Netflix documentaries. <laughs> okay. You know, where it's like, I have this crazy idea. Have you ever seen Evil Genius? And it's like, no, don't do that. I don't want to role play that horrible situation. <laughs> so you're essentially comparing the Machiavellian guy to like H.H. H. Holmes, who's like the first serial killer like ever that. Yeah, because like, you know, when you think of evil, like I brought up Pokemon before, it's like they're, you know, those guys are evil in their world sense. Quotes. Yeah. Make sure that you're the evil that you want to RP is aligned with what the evil that the players want to RP. Yeah. Somebody can definitely take that way too far. So if you wanted to do a Saturday morning cartoon villain and they're wanting to do something like mm, Saw, <laughs> there might be a, a bit of a, a weird balance at the table. Right. So just like everything else, make sure everybody at the table is comfortable with the direction the campaign is going because good is flexible. You know, evil can be bad very, very quickly. <laughs> yes. Set expectations. Yes. Uh, great question, Spencer. And thank you so much for submitting it. Uh, he used the hashtag AskGDDM on Twitter, which we monitor ferociously. You can also use uh, FantasyBanjo.com. Go to the Ask a Damn DM and select Ask a Question. And you can submit a Google form there. We pull them from the show. We use them for episodes. Sometimes we use them for the main topic of the episode. Get your name heard. Tell your friends. <laughs> oh, back to friends. That's another good way to make friends is uh, play a Joker-like character in a campaign. Everybody will love you. Yeah, but, you know, excellent question. Uh, feel free to ask your own. Uh, any last thoughts from you, Tony? Any more plugs for your musical? Press the digitation. <laughs> Um, no, I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to give it too much away. Just, just go see it. Go get tickets at, um, moviephone.com. No, that's, that's not correct. I don't know how Broadway works. Broadwayphone.com. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, as a joke, send us some of your titles too. Uh, use hashtag ask the God MDM and send us your press the digitation, the musical music numbers. Yeah, that'd be fantastic. Uh, Tony, where can they find you? Oh yeah. You guys can find me at, uh, you know, twitch.com slash fantasy banjo, where I stream Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Mondays and Fridays are just your standard gaming streams. I'm playing Mortal Kombat 11. I'm getting pretty decent with Noob Cybot. Uh, Wednesdays, I do a choose your own adventure stream where I pick a new choose your own adventure book, those classic R.A. Montgomery tales, where uh, there's like little sections in the book where you have to choose which page to turn to based on what direction you want the adventure to go in. And the chat decides which page I turn to. Some of the best parts about these streams is the chat, because we tend to run on jokes a bit. Uh, there's a part in one where you're being a science team that is being shrunk down into uh, fighting off the Power Master, if yes, I remember correctly. the evil Power Master. And we were just making jokes because it was, for some reason, explicitly saying, like, when you shrunk, your clothes shrunk with you. <laughs> right. It had to specify. Yeah, so it, there's there's a lot of great commentary that came to the chat from that. Oh yeah, so it's definitely a blast to watch. And then you know it's kind of like it's kind of like having your own little adventure with a little bit of railroading because it's a story. But right. you know, picture Telltale Games as if you know they were books because that's where they started. Right, the origin of Telltale Games. Uh, also, you can catch us both of us at Almost Heroic, which is our other D and D podcast, an actual play five E podcast. Yeah, we're in the finale mode right now, so. It's a great time to catch up. Otherwise, soon you'll be listening to season three. Yes. At the time of this recording. We'll probably be on season 12 by the time you listen to this. I mean, when are we going to release this episode? Never. <laughs> it's a hidden episode. Yes. You'll never. It's like Michael Jackson's like un, unheard song vault of all his songs that he's never released. Or is that Prince? That might be Prince. You're thinking of Prince. Yeah, I'm thinking of Prince. Anyways, is that the end of the episode? <laughs> yeah, you can, you can hit the button on that weird deep cut of Prince. That button. 
that button. Get your tap dance this way. Oh, yeah. Hold on. I got to... Tap, 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 tap.